This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's important we look at the facts. Why? Why? Douglas Ross is sounding pretty scared. I believe in independence. And he clapped like a seal. Hi there, and welcome to another Planet Hollywood. I'm Paul Hutchin, political editor of The Daily Record. Joining me this week are John Ferguson, political editor of The Sunday Mail, and Douglas Dickey of Scotch Daily Express. So, at last, it's the final business day at Hollywood before recess. Um, I was in Ibiza last week, and I already need another holiday after what's been quite a busy week. Um, no significant developments really on the police investigation into SNP finances, but plenty nonetheless on the SNP and independence. They had their convention in Dundee on Saturday, which focused on independence strategy. Um, it'd be fair to say that it's um, generated a mixed response. So just to quote from Hamza Yusuf, the First Minister, he's saying... If we, that's the SNP, win the general election, we will take that mandate from the people and ensure we as a government are ready to negotiate our independence. So basically that means that if they win the election, and we'll come back to what that means, um, they're going to ask the UK government for talks on independence or a referendum. And they basically said that that will be up to the UK government. So, John, um, thoughts on this new strategy? Um, seems kind of wooly. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to see what the new strategy really is, the, other than to continue asking Westminster government to allow a referendum that they're clearly not going to give. Um, I thought it was quite interesting to see, see what the First Minister said was almost almost seemed to be the, the strategy that um, Ash Reagan outlined in her leadership bids where rather than, you know, give it a name and say this is a de facto referendum, she was saying, look, you just need to treat every election as a, a referendum and use that as a as a bargaining chip. Um, that seems to be more or less what Hamza's said he's going to do. And I think we know already how that's going to end. Um, I mean, I, th I think the, the problem with this for the SNP and anyone that supports independence is there is no killer policy. There, is, there isn't like a, a magical way of making independence happen or forcing Westminster to allow a referendum or to allow any kind of advance on this. They're in a bind. That it's, a, it's, a, it's a conundrum that nobody can solve. And the truth is that the only thing they could really do is just continue to try to build support for independence and hope that at some point they you know they do get up to that 60 percent support kind of level where the uk government you would think would be getting to enter into territory where they just can't keep on saying no 
Um, the other thing that they must be hoping is that should Labour win the next general election, that is going to open up some new possibilities for negotiation. Yeah, I suppose my perspective is that um, following the Supreme Court ruling, uh, Indirect 2 is a reserved issue. It's not a matter for the Scottish Parliament. And whatever way you cut it, if Scotland has become independent, there's going to have to be a referendum. Um, it's not going to come via a general election or writing begging letters to the United Nations. There's going to have to be a referendum. And the UK government has a veto on that. They don't have to say yes. So um, however you want to dress it up, uh, the SNP has a very, very weak hand to play. Um, do you think, Douglas, that Hamza's speech was more for internal consumption, to keep the troops happy, than it was really a sort of serious attempt at shifting the dial on independence? I, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Paul it was clearly directed at his party. We know that he's not really popular. He kind of scraped home in the leadership campaign. I think this was his way of maybe reaching out to the more fringe elements, you, you, you know, the people who maybe might have voted for Ash Reagan. Uh, not that there was very many of them, but um, I think it was very much a, 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 a pitch. I think the Tories said it was, you know, throwing red meat to the... <laughs> you know, to those who are becoming impatient within the kind of nationalist movement. Um, it's interesting that he's, he's kind of ditched or he appears to have ditched this settled will of the Scottish people. Um, you know, he's, he's, he, he's talking about starting negotiations with the UK government, uh, potentially with 35% of the vote, 30% of the vote. Uh, you know, the SNP like to talk about Scotland being dragged out uh, the EU against their will, but you know, it seems to me that Hums is willing to drag Scotland out of the UK against the will of the Scottish people. Um, it, it just, you know, sometimes with this, I kind of feel like Will Ferrell and Zoolander, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. There seems to be this idea that, you know, a referendum is a normal policy that, 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 that should be on on the cards every five years, the same way, you know, how we deal with NHS is, how we deal with, you know, foreign policy. It, we can't be in this constant state of flux. There was a referendum in 2014. There was a clear result. And, and you know, frankly, that should be the end of it. Um, we can't keep coming back to this. Scotland is, 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 is just stuck in this constant cycle and it's not helping anyone. And, you know, it's also, it's not up to the SNP to dictate what a general election is about. General election talk about uh, the sort of SNP talk about if they win the general election, we're going to do this. Well, they better get ready to stand 650 candidates in because they can't win a general election. It's not a Scottish election, and when you're and you know when you're voting on a Scottish election, you're voting on devolved matters. And the Supreme Court, as you said, has already said this is a reserved matter. It's a bit like me standing for South Lanarkshire Council saying I'm going to get rid of Trident. It's you know out with my my mandate, and I, I think we need to get real here. It, it's. Do you not think, Dougie, do you not think that the Scottish people, though, um, they're entitled to know what the, the mechanism and process is, even in the long term, for getting a referendum or leaving the UK? But there's not, you know, this idea that process doesn't exist in other countries. The United Kingdom is one nation, and it seems to be this idea that, oh, we're somehow different, or but, but, you know, in uh, in Germany, there's not 
a mechanism uh, a mechanism for a lander to leave, and these are effective uh, these are effectively um, historic nations in their own right. Scotland is a country, though. I mean, Bavaria doesn't contest the European Championships, or no, of course. Scotland self-determined to stay in the United Kingdom back in 2014. So, I mean, Scotland as a country chooses to stay in the UK, but it's a country. It's not really comparable to Bavaria. Well, thus far, the only part, actually, the only part of the United Kingdom that's ever, um, you know, in in some ways ever democratically confirmed our place within the Union, um, that that really should have been a one-off. We just can't keep having these. It's... It's not good. Never um, again, not like, even like 20 years. Well, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe in, yeah, I mean, we're talking, well, generations, obviously, an SNP generation is six months. Um, uh, you know, I think others would think otherwise, but it's, the SNP have very much been able to frame the situation that Scotland and England are already separate countries. They, they've very much been able to frame that in that way. Of course, this was what a lot of people who were against devolution warned against. You know, would have continued, um, or, or, or it would help to drive a wedge between the two nations. Um, I just think we need to deal, you know, in reality. And right now, the SNP are dealing in their own in their own fantasy that somehow they they have this power at a general election to you know trigger, um, you know, start the mechanism for 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 leaving the United Kingdom, which which they don't. John, just, just, just go on. What is a win, John? Um, now, the de facto referendum policy in Nicola Sturgeon was, I think, 50% plus one of votes. They've now shifted the strategy, or at least Hamza has, to seats, um, linking victory to seats. And I don't know if that is a majority of seats or if it's uh, a plurality of seats. But, I mean, take that to its logical conclusion. You know, the SNP could lose 20 seats at the next general election, still be the biggest party, and they would somehow argue that that is a a mandate for independence talks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, before the the formation of the Scottish Parliament, um, it was generally accepted, I think, that if if the SNP won the majority of seats um, in a a general election, then that would be almost a mandate to declare independence. Um, obviously, things changed a lot. Um, so, it's, I mean, who knows what the level should be that allows them to demand a, another referendum. But I think, the, you know, the idea that this should be off, the, I think whether you agree with independence or not, I think anyone can see that, that there is a, a democratic outrage to just say no not now and not ever. You know, the, the, the democracy is democracy and this question isn't going to go away until a considerable number of Scottish people stop supporting independence and stop supporting the SNP. Um, as long as the SNP are in control at Hollywood, this is going to be a, a, a huge question and rightly so because it means that, you know, a party is winning the majority of seats in the Scottish Parliament that explicitly believes in Scottish independence. Um, Scotland is a country. We've, we've, you know, we're hopefully going to be in the next World Cup. We've already had a referendum, which we've got our own Parliament. It's, there is there is a, a strong argument that um, Scotland should, if it wants to, 
take full control of its its affairs. And I think it's it's you know it's it is to to anyone. I think it should be insulting to be told that that's not going to ever happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a disgrace to say no in the short term. I think that's that's maybe you know that's the cut and thrust of politics. But you know, certainly in the longer term, you know. Whatever you think about independence, it's a legitimate political cause. It's been around for decades, and I think that people are entitled to know what the process is, as is the case in Northern Ireland. And I think that would require an agreement between the Scottish and UK governments. You know, yeah, of course. I'm not going to agree to that. But I just think in the long in the long term, um, maybe that, that is something that could be explored. Yeah. Let's, let's move on to football. Let's move on to football, because this is dragging on a bit. Um, so we, we ran a story in the record last week um, a campaign led by the Labour MSP Michael Mara. Um, now, this is based on um, very thorough research that shows that um, retired footballers are much more likely to get brain injuries compared to the general population, and that is linked to heading the football. Um, and I think that it's much higher even for defenders within the, the footballing cohorts. Um, the the campaign that he's leading on is basically calling for devolved social security powers uh, to be used to classify brain injuries in, in football as industrial injuries and uh, people would get benefits as, as a result of that. And you've had people like Alex Ferguson, Alex McLeish, Craig Levine back in the campaign. Um, Douglas, what, what did you make of this? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a big football fan, Paul, so um, I've got a lot of sympathy for the players. Um, you know, there's been so many kind of come out about this. I think it was was it Jeff Hassel was uh, Jeff Hassel was one of the first. His yeah. family were um, kind of speaking out on it, and we've also had uh, uh, Chris Sutton's dad as well was one. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a, I think it will probably happen because uh, I think we we still need some powers devolved. Uh, they are coming, but I don't think they're there yet. I could be wrong in that. They've been devolved, but no, I think delivery is still with the DWP. And I think mm-hmm. that the the Scottish government is about to launch a consultation on the, the specific benefit that could be used to help ex-footballers. Um, John, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't think anyone would disagree if there's clearly medical evidence that someone has a brain injury and that you know that's been the result of repeatedly having a ball and playing football as a professional player then like anyone who has an industrial injury of that sort that they you know they, they should be entitled to benefits as a, a result so that seems like a good idea i mean i do think that paul that hamza yusuf's obviously launched a big policy drive around football um Michael Mara is leading this campaign. I think that politicians tend to think that um, everybody loves football and having some kind of football-based policy platform is going to be an easy route into the hearts and minds of the general public. And, you know, the truth is that probably most people aren't obsessed with football. And, um, you know, but but who, who who could... oppose this particular policy. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it 
a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It could also be a minefield for politicians to get involved in football as well. I would, I would normally urge them to stay well clear of it. But I think on this occasion, um, it, it, it's, uh, it's not a bad move. I mean, it's like every month you get another footballer seemingly diagnosed with dementia. I mean, obviously we had Gordon McQueen sadly pass away. Dennis Law um, has blamed heading the football um, for his health difficulties. You know, Billy McNeil's family, I think, are pretty upfront about it. Um, I mean, all these people are heroes to, to so many Scots. Um, do you think this, Douglas, could be an example of politicians at Hollywood actually putting aside their differences, coming together and uniting behind something that seems like common sense? Well, is that just wishful thinking? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, and it would certainly make a change. But yeah, look, I, 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 I mean, I don't see any, I, I don't see any benefit from opposing it. I, 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 I guess the proof will be in the pudding um, when we, you know, when it actually comes to go through. Um, the SNP obviously made a bit of a mess of the DRS, the SNP and Greens, which is something that actually has widespread support. But, you know, it's an open goal, bang it in the net, and then, you know, we can all go home happy. Um, just moving on, council tax. Um, we had a story in the record, I think, Monday or Tuesday. It was a leaked COSLA document. Um, obviously, the Scottish government is facing a £1 billion black hole next year. We're looking for ways to find extra cash, and one way is changing the council tax formula um, in a way that sort of hits people who live in properties in the top four bands. I think that's E, F, G, and H. We could see rises of up to 22.5%. Um, John, I mean, the, the, I think they did something similar in 2017, but do you think that it's dangerous for the SNP? in the context of income tax rises from Holyrood, other tax rises from the UK government, and now more council tax rises during a cost of living crisis? Yeah, I, I think there's, there are going to be plenty of people within, especially those, the lower bands that come into this that would be, that would be included in these really big rises who, you know, it's going to be families and people that, don't feel like they're particularly well off. Um, I think almost everybody is struggling with the cost of living crisis at the moment and governments are also struggling with that. You can see across government at the moment that there, you know policies are being ditched, things that there is there is not much money to go around. Um, and the, like, yeah, I think for the SNP it's dangerous. They've always... You know, while the SNP have always been very careful to try to keep middle class Scotland on side um, and to try to kind of woo them to the, you know, the the independence argument that you could see things like uh, free university education um, benefit mostly slightly higher income families. Um, so I think that they'll, they will be worried that... Um, People who don't feel particularly wealthy are going to feel like they're being um, being further punished at a very difficult time. And 
I think the, the other problem with this is that in the end, there's a, a payback. You know, if you take money out of people's pockets, they don't spend it on other things, and that can lead to a, a more general decline in the economy and lead to falling tax revenues. So I think, you know, I think that it's, it's a very difficult time for families, individuals, governments. Everybody's got less money and they're trying to do more with less and there's not going to be any easy answers. Yeah, it's, the, the obvious thing to do is to put a bit more of the burden in people with bigger properties, people that seem wealthier, um, the, the problem will be that a lot, a lot of those people don't feel personally like they can afford it. Yeah, I mean, Dougie, I suppose one of the problems with council tax is that it's not linked to ability to pay. It's linked to, I think, 1991 um, property prices. So although um, they're focusing on four bands at the top, you could have, for instance, widows, living in big houses and they're essentially asset wealthy but cash poor. I mean, I know there's a council tax benefit scheme that helps with it, but that, that sort of blunt instrument could actually um, hit people who are not well off. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the whole system's quite archaic, actually. And, of course, it's 16 years since the SNP said they were going to get rid of it. They never did. Um you know, the example I was going to use was the kind of old widow who has, is, you know, left in this massive house, which doesn't pay a mortgage on or whatever, and, you know, she's going to get hammered. I know people who, you know, it's important for them to live in a big house, a nice house, and that's where their disposable income goes as well. So they maybe, um, you know, rather than going out at the weekend, they put their money into being able to afford... Um, you know, a much nicer house it doesn't make them rich. It doesn't you know they're getting paid the same as a guy who maybe lives in a smaller house but spends his money going to the football every week. Uh, these are you know these types of people are going to get hammered. I mean, it was brought into the place obviously uh, the, uh, the poll tax, and I, I, I don't really see how it's any fairer. It just seems it's such a ridiculous system, and the whole thing needs overhaul. To be honest, Dougie, though, I mean, you don't think I would imagine the SNP will move away from the sort of rises that were contained in that cost of document. But let's face it, it's nothing compared to the increased costs in mortgage payments that uh, are primarily down to the Conservatives. Well, I, I mean, well, <laughs> obviously um, people are, 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 are getting hammered on all fronts and this would just be another bow. Um, right now, mortgage rates are just out of control. Um, I don't see how adding, adding to household bills um, you know, could possibly help. Who do you think, in the sort of amongst the average, who who would get more of the blame just now for the cost of living crisis? Surely it'd be the the Conservative government rather than the Scottish government. I think who who you know your average person on the street, maybe a bit of both. Um, I think people are smart enough to see the kind of nuances of it. Uh, obviously. You know, up here, the SNP are, 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 are able maybe to push the narrative a wee bit more. Um, but, I mean, you would need to ask the average person on the street, to be honest. Uh, I, I, I just think adding, adding to bills at this time um, is just a really bad idea. Although, I, I, I mean, I, as you say, 20, I think it was 22% was the top one they were talking about. Probably will roll back on that. But 
Um, you know, households are struggling, and this is just going to exacerbate that. You know, that situation. Um, final subject we'll look at is sort of end of term report card. I guess as I was saying at the beginning, this is the final day at Hollywood before recess. Um, John, how do you think Hamza will be feeling? Do you think he will feel a sense of relief that? He's going into the summer now, he's, he's survived, he can maybe regroup with colleagues, plan the programme for government, plan the draft budget, um, or do you think he'll be feeling... Yeah, I, mean, I think that he'll be... I think he'll probably be looking forward to a few days off. Um, I think if he, to look at his own performance, he's done pretty well since coming in, you know, he's he's... he's clearly talking to more people than his predecessor did and um, he's genuinely trying to to bring people with him. I think it's something that you see him doing that you don't see um, the, the Conservatives in Westminster doing very much at all is at least trying to explain himself, trying to put himself forward to be asked difficult questions and trying to give a, an answer. Um, but I mean, I don't think you get, there's any covering up the fact that it has been an absolute nightmare year for the SMP. They've gone from being in an incredibly dominant position to being under police investigation. You know, Nicola Sturgeon resigning. The people, these pictures of our house being raided, and um, all the rest of it. And now, you know, the polls that would suggest they're going to lose a huge number of seats in the Westminster election. Um, in terms of other parties, I think the Conservatives haven't, I mean, you know, there's nothing really that the SMP could do that could compare to the mess that they've made of things in terms of a Brexit that's clearly one of the main drivers of the inflation that we're seeing now, which in turn is causing uh, the higher interest rates and fueling the increased mortgage rates. Um, I think that, that that's also got a lot to do with the you know the huge amounts of money that they printed during COVID and the, and the external factors of the war in Ukraine. Well, you know, all, all these things are adding up to the, the concerns of not having anything to shout about and the party that's clearly benefiting is Labour and um, as Sarwar will be um, going into recess feeling like he's um, in a much better position than he was in last summer. Do you agree with that, Dougie, that as we go into summer recess, the Tories and the SNP are on the downward slope, Labour are on the upward slope? Yeah, I think I think the Scottish Tories have had a solid enough year Um but they've been, you know, they've been let down by events else, elsewhere. Weber, I mean, Anis Sarwar just needs to sit with his hands behind his back, uh, behind his head right now, and just let everything else kind of play out. I, I mean, I've said on here before that one complaint I've got about Weber right now is that we, uh, everyone seems to know what, what they don't, you know, who they aren't, but no one quite knows who they are at the moment. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's that's working for him and his win. Uh, as he goes into the summer recess, I think he'll definitely be the happiest. I think I, I think the Scottish Greens will be quite happy. Um, they've, they've managed to stay in government um, despite no one actually really voting for them. 
and um, they're at least being able to push forward with some of their policies. So, um, although I, I, I heard we were on that HPMA has been scrapped or, or, or been postponed, yeah. but um, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely, Anis Saba will be will be the happiest. Uh, I think so it's not, um, let's let's go for good week, bad week. Starting with you, John. Who have you got? So I'm going to say it's been a bad week for Scottish independence generally. Um, we saw the you know the the SNP's independence convention in Dundee's Caird Hall. That 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 photograph would appear to show a fairly um, busy. Um, whole, but I, I think the, the fact was that you know there was only that 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 only has a, about a capacity of two thousand, and there were nowhere near that number of people there. So it, it doesn't um, suggest that that there is a great confidence in the SNP's ability to deliver independence when even their own party couldn't be bothered turning up in huge numbers to this convention that was meant to to decide the future strategy. And it's going to be really interesting, I think, to see one of the things that a lot of people have been talking about is the fact that even though support for the SNP has been falling, there's this sort of support for independence seems to be remaining quite solid. Um, it's going to be interesting to see whether that continues into the next year or whether we start to see support for independence falling away a bit as well. And if that happens, it's a, a real big problem for the SNP. Um in terms of who's a good week, I'm going to say Jamie Green. Um, he was sacked as um, the Scottish Conservatives uh, shadow cabinet secretary for justice. Um, last week appears to be um, a punishment for his support for um, gender reform laws earlier in the year. Um, so the, I'm saying this is a good week for Jamie because it, you know it frees him from. That the having to shackle the Tory control, yeah, Conservatives front bench, and he's now going to be able to speak his mind and be his own own man, and from the back benches. Fine, Douglas. How about you? Good week, bad week. Uh, so for bad week, I've went perhaps predictably for uh, Humza Yusuf. Um, he obviously has de facto referendum plan, whatever you want to call it, which he's just rehashed from others. Uh, has been has been widely panned. The fact that he's had to basically recycle a Nicola Sturgeon policy and borrow a bit from Ash Reagan, I think shows that he's a man who's who's out of ideas. And I think going forward, he's increasingly like a man that's uh, out of time. And for good week, I've picked Humza Yusuf because he gets a wee break from everyone seeing uh, what a dreadful job he's doing. Uh, and I think. Um, he looks every inch a man that needs a holiday, as as I'm sure we all do. Yes, absolutely. Oh, well, I think that takes us up to about half an hour. Um, that's brilliant. Uh, Douglas, John, thanks again for joining us on Planet Hollywood. Um, even though it's recess, we'll still be um, doing our show next week and pretty much every week um, throughout the summer. So I hope to see you again soon. Thank you. It's important we look at the facts. Why? Why? Douglas Ross is sounding pretty scared. I believe in independence. And he clapped like a seal. 